Hey, Facebook, I'm back. I always have this camera position wrong when I get started. I hope I don't mess it up. Oh, Lord. I need somebody to help me. I'm going to have to hire some people. Hey, Facebook, I'm here. I missed you guys last week. Who's going to come join me tonight? Let's see. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And uh, it's time. It's 9 o'clock on Wednesday, September 25th. And I've got a show for you. So, guess I'm going to get started. I have to figure out the best way to have people join me on here. Hi there. Because I can't um, figure out how to share it. <laughs> Technology issues. Anyway, so hopefully we'll get some people to um, join in with us. Anyway, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed, and it's Wednesday night, September 25th. And I missed you guys last week, but I was tired. Like, Jesus, I was tired. I couldn't even make myself get on um, the air at all. So here I am tonight, though, and we'll start off like we usually do with three cheers of joy. First, I'm happy for my Tumblr. This is what I got from STM Specialties. Oh, I can never get in front of the camera. Okay. So this is a nice mug that she met. I'm giving away two of these tonight. So if you want one, I'll tell you how to get one in a little bit. Hi, Kim. So this is really cool. It's like a Yeti. So um, I'm going to give away two of these tonight because I like them so much. So my first cheer of joy is for Stephanie. She's awesome. And she's been putting these on Facebook. She's making so many different um, designs with football teams and whatever you want. So hi, Stephanie. I was just saying how you're making all these really cool tumblers. And I was showing mine off. So I'm really pleased about it. I might have to do those for Christmas presents. So that's the first thing I'm thankful for tonight. The second thing I'm thankful for tonight is... Um, I did a step challenge last week. The first, I'm always in the step challenge, but I never, I don't ever really participate. But last week, I kind of put some umption behind my movement, and um, I won the step challenge, which is really cool because there were five of us in it, and we were all within like 10,000 steps of each other. So I really could have lost at any moment. It may be if somebody synced or something. But anyway, I won, so I'm taking that as a celebration. So I'm really excited about that. My third cheer of joy is that, oh, new wine glasses. I can't wait to see those. Yay, you know I love me a good wine glass. So my third cheer of joy is for my growing man because he's 16 now, and he just makes me so freaking happy. And I know I've shared this before. But I'm going to share it again. I'm the non-custodial parent of my growing man. And, um, wow, hold on a second. I'm the non-custodial parent of my uh, growing man. So I have, um, I get to see him on Wednesdays. I get to see him on Wednesdays and we go to dinner together. So when I lived in Atlanta, we used to just see each other on holidays and breaks. But now that I'm living back in this area, I get to see him every week or as often as I want. So we were able to hang out on Monday, and then we were able to hang out yesterday, I mean, today for dinner. And during dinner, he asked me um, what was my most, uh, which accomplishment did I appreciate most or my most accomplished moment of my life. And he said, and you can't say having your children. And I was like, I wouldn't say having my children was the most accomplished thing I've done in my life. I'm like, tons of people have kids. So I think that's just what I was designed to do. I said, however, um, raising my children to be good people, that would be an accomplishment. But I, that's not what I would answer if you're responding, if you're asking just for me. And so he said, yeah, just about you, nobody else. So I went on to tell him that I felt most accomplished about finding my freedom, about knowing that I didn't have to be bound by the constraints of people around me, knowing that I could literally walk my path to be of purpose. And um, he was like, oh, he said, I thought you would say something like that. And so I was like, well, what are you asking for? He says, because I read a book and I want you to read it. 
And um, I was like, what book is it? Because, you know, who knows what, what the kids are reading. And he said the book is called A Woman at Point Zero. And I said, well, where did you read that and why? He says, it had to be for class. I wasn't going to just read it on my own. So it's for his advanced, um, his IB literature class. They had to read this book. And he said he thought about me when he was reading it. So when I read the summary of it, and I'm ordering it from Amazon. When I read the summary of it, I um, could tell where he was coming from because it was just about a woman who was literally fed up with the way and um, her name is Nawal Sadawi. She's a feminist novelist um, and uh, talks about an Egyptian peasant girl from her childhood through cruelty and neglect and even to a prison cell. And she talks about how she takes a last drastic action against men or males ruling her life. So I thought that was kind of funny when I read it because my son understands how hell-bent I am on not having a man dictate my movements. But on the other hand, he can appreciate how I have flowed into this loving and wonderful relationship of respect and passion and submission on my part. So I think that for him to be 16 and to see this, these dynamics within me says a lot about our relationship and him, him paying attention to me. So my son is definitely my third um, cheer of joy tonight and in the book i'll read the book i'll tell you guys what i thought about it and maybe you guys can read it too or if you want to read it with me i'll put the name in here so that you guys can get a copy of it as well so that's my three cheers of joy i'm drinking hornitos tequila only because it's been in the freezer for like two weeks because i haven't had it to drink so i figured i would have some tonight in my new tumbler yes thank you stephanie So that's that. Um, let me type it in here now. Hey, boo. <laughs> hey, Chris. So the, the book is Woman at Point Zero. I'm going to put it in here by, let me find her name again, just in case you guys want to look it up or we can read it together. If you guys want to do a little book club action, I would love to do that and have a discussion. Maybe we'll start doing that. That would be kind of cool. Okay. Oh, yay. Yay, yay, yay. So maybe we can all read it together. So the other thing, you want some tequila, Chris? <laughs> so those are my three cheers of joy. Now, I don't really have an agenda tonight because I missed last week. So I'm probably just going to ramble on a bit. Um, I'm probably just going to ramble on a bit about things that I've come across and things that have made me happy. Why not, right? So I'll go back to last week on the 18th when I didn't do the podcast. And I need, I, I need help with this in my life because I don't ever feel comfortable being tired. Like it doesn't make sense to me to be tired. So when I'm tired, I don't know how to just sit my ass down and be still. I feel like I got to do something anyway. And then finally exhaustion takes over and I just have to submit to the moment of being exhausted. And that's how I did. That's what happened last week. So it was the weekend before and all the way through probably Thursday that I was just like out of it. I could barely even function. So I guess I'm also happy that I work for myself when it comes to doing um, my books and my podcast that when I can't do, I can say I can't do and I can just count myself out. So I really missed um, doing the podcast last week. I thought about it over and over. And believe it or not, I felt like I let you guys down because I didn't do the podcast. I felt like, oh my God, I didn't do it. I let them down. I probably had some good information or somebody had information for me and I missed it. So I did feel bad about that. Got to work on that guilt, right? But since we were talking about ruminating, I had to not think about it a lot, forgive myself, get some rest and keep it moving. So that was really kind of cool for me because the weekend before that, I just laid around and did nothing. Like I barely walked 200 steps. I slept on and off and on and off because I was so tired because I work a lot. I work a regular job. You guys know I teach. And then I do my other stuff, which I could literally work about 20 hours a day, always thinking of something, always trying to do something, trying to finish this book, you know, trying to set stuff up. So I really work a lot and try to maintain an active lifestyle with my children, my grandbaby, and my guy, right? So I really just probably burn it too much. But 
anyway, I'm working on it. And fortunately, they're kind enough and understanding enough that when I have to tap out, I tap out. So um, that really did me a lot of good. And um, so that was me being off on the 18th. The good part about me being off on the 18th is that my guy came into town on the 19th and then we just hung out literally all weekend with my family. We had a great time. Um, and that's another thing that I have to, I think about everything. I have to think about my family is growing so much, like so fast. Like there's so much love coming into my family and so many new personalities. And it went from being me and mom of three. Like I talk about leaving my marriage and it's me and my kids and it's just us. But now it's me, it's my kids. My youngest daughter has a husband and a baby. My oldest daughter has a boyfriend and they're serious. And then I'm in a relationship and my son. So it's like so many things happening at once. And I'm like, how do I balance all of it? How do I balance all of it? So I really have to make sure that I chill completely out. So, and just accept it as it comes because I haven't been surrounded by so much love before. And I always envy people who have so much love and that family connection that they're always together. Like I never really had that. And I said that in another show that I was always a loner. Like I just did my own thing. And now they're like people and I'm trying to make sure that I'm acknowledging everybody and you know still giving of myself to you know giving of myself to everybody and being able to love everybody so that's really interesting for me so i called out sick from the radio from the um podcast wednesday and then i took friday off from my work right i took um friday off and i hung out all day with um faceless love and my grandbaby rel so we had a play date Ariel and I, and we had a good time. We um, walked around Davis Island and we looked at boats and we went to the airport and we went to the playground and she and I had a, just an awesome day together. And um, I wore her little butt out twice in one day. Her little butt was tired. And so that was really fun hanging out with her and just, just listening to her and talk, spending a day of just our time. So we both played hooky on Friday. And we hung out all day, and that was really cool. And she loves being with her Grammy. She thinks I'm pretty terrific, probably because I played too much. And, you know, I can do all the stuff with her that I couldn't do with my own kids. I got different resources. My patient's definitely different. And, you know, the grandkids go home. <laughs> they don't stay. <laughs> they go home to their family, their parents. And that's exactly what happened. So I took off Friday, and I just kind of got myself together. And then Saturday, I hung out at my favorite cigar bar. Love, love, love my cigar bar. You guys, if you ever come to Tampa, I'll definitely take you there because it's one of my favorite places to go. A lot of good energy, good people. Kim, I didn't see you there. I was looking for you guys. So a lot of good people and just good energy. And I love hanging out with them. So that was cool. And then Sunday... I chilled again, and we went to a birthday dinner with um, Jasmine, turned 23, so she had a birthday dinner, and we all went. And it's so weird, because now, finally, after all these years of being divorced, me and my ex-husband and his wife and all the kids, and even Faceless Love, we're finally at a place that we can be together in one place without it being some yucky energy, right? And so I think my ex-husband and I really had to grow up because we were together for a long time and there was love there and there were children. And, you know, so we, you know, it takes a lot to separate who you are and who you were and what you felt like you should have been and what you weren't, you know, all of that. So he and I had, um, we all had a really good time together. And I think for, it's probably taken us his new wife a little time to kind of get acclimated to us hanging out right to so everybody being together laughing and talking because i think she's still trying to figure out where she's relevant or if she's relevant or how to fit in but you know that i think that takes time too and we'll just be patient with her and continue to love her and um just to let it you know where it doesn't matter that she's here i mean it matters that she's here because my ex-husband loves her and that's his wife but we existed before she got here. So, you know, you can't walk into a situation and demand to be relevant. 
you literally have to go into the situation and to find your space in it without trying to take or dominate or rule somebody else. So it'll be pretty interesting. But I mean, we have a lifetime ahead of us. We've got grand, one grandkid and we'll probably have more. And we have our youngest child is still in high school and we've got graduations. And, you know, so we'll have a whole lifetime in front of us. So she'll find a way to fit in and to um, find her point, her place of being relevant. But it's not for me to stress it. I'm just not going to mistreat, you know, I'm not going to mistreat anybody. It's not how I operate. So Sunday, Saturday, no, Sunday was great. We had our dinner. And then Monday, Faceless Love left. <laughs> I wanted to cry. It was a miserable Monday. The Mondayest, Mondayest Monday ever. I was so sad, like all day. Uh, but, you know, we get over it. We do it each time. And it gets, I think it's getting, I can't tell if it's getting easier, if it's getting harder, but whatever it is. I hate to see him leave, and that's really a, uh, that's neat for me to not want to see somebody leave, because I'm usually like with a man and be like, bye, just get the hell away from me. <laughs> so maybe I'm growing up, or maybe I'm in love, Ooh, who knows, but I know, men know, I don't, don't, you ain't got to stick around for me, so this is really different for me, so uh, I like it a lot, like it a lot, so that's that that was my long week of resting and loving on my family and hanging out and building those connections so that was pretty cool um let's see what else and then, oh something great happened well two things happened last week that we didn't really talk about we didn't get to talk about i had two articles about me two different magazines last week one was on tuesday Maybe one was on Monday, one was on Tuesday, or either Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. It was back-to-back. -back. So two articles. One about me and my cigars, because I guess that's really captivating. It was uh, Women of the Leaf, and it's uh, probably about 10 women that were featured in their ideas about smoking the cigars. And the author of the article told me that he really enjoyed the way that I expanded the questions and talked about it, and he wants to do a sep do an article on me and my writing. So that's really cool. So there's going to be another article I can't wait to do. And I was thinking about how I want to do that. So that will be a live article, and I want to have a photographer on scene during the article, I think, and I want to be like I'm writing. So I'm trying to figure out how I want to do that, but I figured if I'm going to have a someone interviewing me and I can have the photographer catching pictures of it. I can use that as my in my portfolio and I have an awesome photographer here. His name is Rod Cambridge. So I'll include him on it. And I think I want to do like some semi nude shots because that's how I'm most comfortable. If you guys don't know that about me, I'm probably a nudist, right? So I'm most comfortable when I have on the least amount of clothes. So it's always a struggle for me trying to figure out really what to wear when I go somewhere because I'd really rather go naked. And so it's always like, what am I going to wear? It's not what am I going to wear because I got so many options. It's like, what am I going to wear because I would feel better if I were naked? So I think I'm a nudist. And um, so I really want to do something kind of sexy. Um, uh, and I'll let my photographer play with that too to kind of see what his ideas are because I know he would enjoy that. We've done a couple of... Um, Thank you. We've done a couple of semi kind of, you know, with some boobs showing in public places. And that's usually really, that's really hot if you're in a public place and people are passing by, but you're kind of showing like bits and pieces of your body and they don't realize because it's dusk and they're just going. So I am, I do believe I am a nudist. And um, my mom told me that it doesn't matter that I'm getting older and my stuff is starting to jiggle. So I need to wear some Lycra. I need to put on a shapewear or something, but I hate that shit. But, oh, well, what do you do, right? I mean, you know, so that's kind of funny. But so anyway, that's going to be a really cool article. And the pictures are going to be super freaking hot because I, in my mind, I can already see it. So I just have to get to a point that it's done. So when I set that up, that's going to be amazing. So the other article was about me as an artist, and it came out in this online magazine and print called Voyage ATL. And it talked about me as an author and had, you know, question and answer. And that was really cool just to see your, your name in print and other people get to read it. So I was really excited about that. So two articles and um, just a lot of publicity. And of course, always trying to get people to buy my books. That's like my sole focus is 
Well, it's not. That's not true. It's not my sole focus. It is a focus because I would like for people to buy my books. But um, I've managed to be able to do so many other things in conjunction with that. I've literally grown a lot. Everything that I'm doing right now, I was doing none of it three years ago. Writing, podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, publishing, none of that was I doing three years ago. So keep that in mind. If you're doing something that you don't like, if you're doing a job you don't like, something's going to, your moment will come and you'll get it to find something that you do like because I spent my whole life doing things very well. Every job I did, I did well, but this thing is mine and it's of me and it's just really giving me an opportunity to grow and just do different things. So speaking of growing, we're going to move right along. Speaking of growing, how about today I got an email that I had been invited to be a featured author at the, oh my gosh, I always forget, the United California African American Book Club's annual literary event. And I've been asked to get, to be one of the featured authors. Right? So that's exciting. So I get to go to California. This is in September of 2020. So I have a whole year to finish. And of course, that's a whole set of goals, right? Some new stuff I need to do. Like I got three books published. I'm on, almost finished with the fourth. I want to do two more. So I've really got to get focused on making sure that I'm ready for this event. Because we're talking about Toni Morrison has been there. Man, it, the list is exhaustive of the amazing authors that have been there. And I get to freaking go? What? So I am, oh, I am so excited. Terry McMillan was there. Mary B. Morrison was there. Oh, I mean, so that means I'm going to, Nina Fox was there. That means I'm going to a place that all of these amazing Black American authors were, have been before me, and now I get to go and be a featured. And when they talked to me about it, I was like, I'm new. I don't know that y'all want me to be there. I was like, I'm new. Yes, Stephanie, girls trip. Did I say Los Angeles, California? Yes, girls trip. Let's do it. So I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. It's I'm a new author. And they're like, we want you. And the way that I met I met D on Facebook through another person that was on Facebook with me. And she and I started talking and she was in a book club. And I was like, oh, I'd love to come out and read to you guys. And she was like, um, well, well, I'll let you know. And so we kind of talked back and forth a little bit. And then finally she asked, could I come? And that was in April of this year. Could I come? And I was like, yes, I'll come. And so I probably told you guys about it. It was probably the one of the craziest flights I've ever taken. And then everything that went along with it just had me just out of my freaking mind. But I kept my cool because, I mean, how can you lose your cool when you don't have any choice? Like, you don't have a choice but to maintain it. And so I'll recap a little bit. But I went out there, flew out to the event was in Oakland. I was flying into San Diego right? No, San Francisco. I don't know California well, so don't kill me. So I was flying into San Francisco, but there was a bad storm. So I flew into Oakland, which was fine because my Airbnb was in Oakland. No worries. Flew into Oakland. Well, I get to Oakland and my luggage wasn't there. So shit, it's late at night. I don't have any luggage. My event is the next day at noon. So that means I've got to try to get my luggage from I have from probably 10 o'clock at night till 10 o'clock in the morning to get my luggage because I've got to be ready at my event at noon. Well, I get to, the, I find I don't have any luggage. I decide, well, I'll just ask my Uber driver to stop by Walgreens or Walmart, no, Walgreens, Walmart, so I can stop and get some toiletries because I'm only going to be there two nights, right? So I'm only going to be there Saturday night and Sunday night. I leave Monday morning, right? So I just need some toiletries. Well, I get my Uber driver. I send him a text message to say, I need to stop at the store to get some tissue, I mean, toiletries. The It was raining. It was cold. And I don't know, I'm from the East Coast. On TV, it's, it always looks sunny and warm in California. So I've got on tank top. I've got on... 
it's cold as hell. It's fucking raining. It's it's April. I don't even have a jacket. I'm like, okay, just I dug deep into my brain to kind of get to a place that it's not going to kill me. That's my motto. It's not going to kill me. No big deal. Anyway, so I send a message to my Uber driver. I'm going to need to stop and get some things. I get a message back saying your driver is hearing impaired and may use listening devices. I was like, what the fuck? I'm just like, what am I going to do? So I get in the car. I'm trying to talk to him. He can't hear, understand me. I know, hilarious. He can't understand me. So he pulls out a tablet. He stops the car, like, in the middle of the airport right, uh, lane. He stops the car and starts writing on another tablet, and we're writing back and forth. And I'm like, first, you know, I'm a word person. I talk a lot. So I'm like, I need to go to the store. And he's like, store? What kind of store? And I'm like, oh, just like a 24-hour store. And then he says something back. And then I just wrote, toothpaste, question mark. And then he wrote Walmart. I was like, yes. So now keep in mind, it's 10, 1030 at night. I'm in California. So that means for me, it's like one in the morning. We go to freaking Walmart. So I'm like, holy shit, it's going to be so many people in here. Because Walmart is the freaking worst in the middle of the night. I don't care what. There's nobody on the register. It's 100 customers in there. I was like, fuck it. So I go in Walmart. I'm running through there getting stuff. I got some leopard print shorts. I saw they were cute. I had to get them. They were in my size. I got some shorts. I bought some potato chips. I grabbed a bottle of wine, toothpaste, toothbrush, contact lens solution, and some pajamas. Ran to the front. Lo and behold, it was one person in front of me, and that was it. So I get in line. I pay for my stuff. I go outside. Couldn't remember what the damn what Uber I was in. I was like, is he gone? I'm going to call another Uber. I was just like delirious at this point. So he flashed his lights. He saw me. I got in. He took me to my Airbnb. Get to my Airbnb. My little lady in there. Her name's Holly. She, I call her little lady. She was young. She's younger than me. Holly was waiting up for me. And I apologized because I didn't mean to get to her house so late. But she was like, I just, you know, wanted to welcome you. And so she and I started talking. And I said, well, I got to get up early in the morning. I got to go to San Francisco and get my luggage. Because it went to San Francisco and I came to Oakland. And she said, oh, I've got to fly out of San Francisco in the morning. Why don't we ride together? And I said, well, what time? So she said about 9. And I said, well, I really want to go early, early because... I got to have be at this reading that this for me, only me, I'm the only author there. I got to be there at noon, so I need to just go ahead and go early. So she asked me, this is how you know how awesome people are. She said, do you know how to drive a stick? And I said, yes. She says, well, just take my car and just park it when you get back. I've never even met this lady ever. And I was like, no, I'm going to take a, I'll take the shuttle. I, I'll just look how to get there. I'm going to, I'll get an Uber to the train station. I'll take the train. It'll be fine. Cause I was like, I'm not going to be driving her car stick shift in all these hills and shit in San Francisco, whatever. So she, um, we were saying good night. And before she went to bed, she said, Joycelyn. And I said, yes. And she says, you know, you have to be one really well-adjusted person. And I was like, well, why do you say that? I don't have a choice. And all I was thinking was I wanted to get to my damn bottle of wine. I was like, well, why do you say that? And she says, because your luggage is somewhere else and you're here and you're like, nothing is wrong. I said, well, what else can I do? I don't have a choice. She said, you have a choice. You could be pissed off and in a horrible mood. And I said, no, I can't. I said, I have to be able to rest tonight because I've got to be able to give the book club members what they want tomorrow. So I've got to just get some rest. And she says, well, whatever you call it, I'm happy to meet you. So I went to bed. She left the next morning. We never saw each other again. And I was at her house by myself. She flew out. I was there. And then I left on Monday morning. Well, I got up early. I went to the um, train station. I got my luggage. I came back. I took a short nap because I was sleepy. Oh, wait a minute. Let me back up. I stopped at the freaking jack-in-the-box with my Uber driver. He freaking slipped and fell on the damn floor. This is how I knew. I was like, 
this is the craziest fucking weekend. Anything that could happen, happened, and I'm losing my shit. So I had to chill. I was like, okay, he he was all right. He got in the car, he drove drove me back, dropped me off. I know. So I get back, I take a little nap. I get up, and um, there was a message on my phone from a lady that I met at the airport in um, Phoenix who was coming to San Francisco, who was trying to come to the book club event. Now, I don't know where anything about where I am. I'm trusting Uber, so I just gave her the address. Well, I took a nap. I got up, and I got dressed, and I got my Uber, and I went to the book club. And let me tell you something. These women at this book club, this was probably my largest private audience. Now, I've been at venues where there have been a lot of people because there were multiple people doing things, performing. But for me to be there by myself, there were probably about 45, maybe 50 women that were in these book clubs that came just to see me. And holy crap, we had a good time. Like from 12 o'clock to probably 3, 3.30, I was reading. We were having conversations. It was so freaking good. And I was like, oh, my God, they had gifts for me, food. I mean, they were, like, making my plate and treating me like I was royalty. And all I was thinking was I barely got a freaking bath. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know if I was going to have clothes to wear. But I and I did. I sold my books and we had a good time. So. I left there and then I was tired because it had been a long, you know, 24, 36 hours. I left, I went back, I got a cigar from the um, liquor store and I got some tequila and I went back to the house. I sat outside and smoked and had a couple drinks and then I just chilled. I didn't even go into the city to look around at anything because I needed the rest. So I got up the next morning and I left. Well, not even two weeks after that, one of the members of the book club contacted me and told me that they were interested in me coming for 2020's um, literary event. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm a new author. Like, it's more people. She was like, no, we want you. We enjoyed you so much. You will be so good for um, the book clubbers, and you will be so good for the event. So she, we talked about it kind of casually. But today I got the official email, and I was like, ah, yes. And they're like, just uh, pin us in um, for this date. And I was like, heck yeah, I'm pin. You're in that shit. I'm there. So September 26, 2020, Los Angeles, California. I'm going to be there. I'm so lit. Y'all don't even understand. Now, keep, I just said this. It's only been three years since I've started this. Since I've started writing, since I've just I've tapped into myself, it's only been three years. And so many great things are happening. So thank you guys so much for rocking with me. I say that all the time. And I really appreciate it. So that's that. And it'll be on my website. There's always good stuff on my website. Now, let me go here and read my Facebook post of the week. And I don't know if this is good or bad. For leading into what I want to talk about next. But the post is by someone named Angel Clark. And I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i tag him in it. It says, too many women building up dudes for the next woman. While he damaging you for the next man. Ah! I felt that. Right? And the women who are on here know we do everything we can to help the men out. To men that we're dating, we do everything we can to help them out. We want to do their laundry. We want to cook for them. We want to make sure that they got the soap they like. We want to do all of this stuff. And we do all of this to make them feel great. And then they turn around and their actions are the actions that are tearing us to fucking pieces. So it's a guy who posted that. And I love that, right? I freaking love that because I was the queen of that. I would be I would be dating and I want to make sure he has everything. Like he don't need nobody. His mama, his auntie, no other woman. I was trying to do all that shit. That didn't matter. Men do what men men do what they do. And they'll take what you give. I'm not, I'm writing about that in my book. They'll take what you give whether they want it or not. They'll take it for the opportunity to have it even if they're not asking for it. And that's what keeps them from having to appreciate it and having to take care of it. Now, I'm not doing any man bashing because I love men. 
So I never bash men. However, I do know that there are certain things that we can do different as women to protect us when we have exposed ourselves to a vulture or a leech because they're out there, men and women, vultures and leeches. So they're out there. However, when you can fight, get to a space of protecting you and your goodness from somebody coming in, raking through it and tearing you down, then you've got yourself in a good place. So I love that post. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, too many women building dudes up for the next woman. And that's what we do. We get men in a good place. They get their credit together. They get their life in order. They step out away from us. Then they ready for the next woman. And we did all that. While he damaging you for the next man. And there you are with a whole bunch of baggage waiting for some dude to come and rescue you and help you to lick your wounds and get well to get your wounds better not necessarily lick them but i mean well that could happen too waiting for somebody to come take care of you so we have to really be careful about that i love that post and that's my facebook post of the week um just making sure that you know we take care of ourselves even though we love somebody and we want to be with them the most important thing is that we're taking care of ourselves and we're putting ourselves first and that leads me to I see a lot of crazy conversations on Facebook and I'm, I really have to stop and say, are these people really in a relationship or do they really want one? Because I don't think people understand what it means to have someone as, a, as an extension of yourself. And when you talk about relationships, a relationship that if it's a relationship or a marriage, the person that you're in the relationship with is an extension of who you are. So there's not a competition between the two of you. It's not a hierarchy. It's really just, I'm taking care of me. And by me taking care of you, it takes care of you. Me taking care of me, it takes care of you. But people, but there was a whole argument today in one of my groups talking about how if you spend your own money that's not out of the joint account, you shouldn't have to talk to your partner about what you spend your money on. And I was reading that shit like, but why are you in a relationship if you don't even want to have a conversation? Oh, thank you. Why do you want to be in a relationship with somebody and you don't even want to have a conversation with them about something that you're thinking about buying? Because it's your money. I'm like, that's the, that's the tainted thought behind the relationship or behind being in a relationship. You want to be in a relationship, but you want to maintain your own sense of I'm my, I do things the way that I want to do it. If that's the case, don't be in a relationship. I don't have to ask. I'm If I'm married or in a relationship, I'm not asking my partner if I can do something. However, I may say, hey, I'm thinking about getting a new car. I was looking at this. I was looking at this. Or, hey, I'm thinking about doing such and such. Or, I'm going to do this. A conversation doesn't take away from the fact that you're, doesn't a conversation adds to the fact that you're in a relationship the conversation adds to it but if you want to not have a conversation with somebody you're in a relationship with that don't even be in the fucking relationship that's crazy so when you when you try to hammer relationships down to these couple of different things you're not even putting setting yourself up to be good in a relationship you're literally setting yourself up for failure because you're not open to being open in the relationship. Now, I'm the queen of it. I've been in some sucky-ass relationships. I tell you, I ain't even scared of it. I have been in relationships. I've, And I can't blame nobody but myself. And the reason I say that is because I knew that shit sucked. I knew the relationship sucked, and I was in it anyway. And I couldn't figure out how to get out of it because I felt like it was going to get better. I felt like if I did enough, he would see me as this. Or it would, that, that's not how it works. No. If you're in something that sucks, get out of it. Simple. I mean, I say it's simple, but we all have to go through our things for it. You shouldn't be in anything that's not good for you. And it doesn't matter how bad, how bad you want it or you want to make it good. If it's not good, it's not good. And they're not going to all of a sudden make it good for you. You not, you're not, shouldn't be arguing every day, cussing each other out. Motherfucker, bitch this. None of that. Love don't, love don't even talk like that. Love doesn't even allow you to put somebody in that position to try to get somebody to bow down to you or to break you or 
love doesn't do that, right? It's not how love talks. Love is kind and love is gentle, right? And I mean, you have problems. You have, of course, you have problems. But if you in a relationship and your your goal is to say, if the goal is to be together and work toward happiness, guess what? Ain't no competition in that. It's y'all both trying to figure out how to get to the damn happiness. Get to the happiness. That's the goal. Get to the happiness. If I'm with you and you with me and we trying to be happy, what's the best road to get to the happy? And those are the conversations. I'm not trying to get to happy before you. I'm not trying to make you happy before I'm happy. We're trying to be happy together. So we have to make sure that we're paying attention to all of that. So if you feel like you're in a, if you're being forced into something or you're stuck in something, talk about it. Just say this sucks. I've said that before. I've told, I've told men this sucks. I'm out. What you mean? Bye, nigga. Excuse my N word on Facebook. Bye. I'm out. Because I had to learn how to protect myself because I did spend years in yucky relationships. And I can't, and that was on that was on me though. I'm gonna keep owning that. Not because somebody else. It was because I was looking to somebody to do. I was looking for somebody to save me. I was looking for somebody to love me instead of looking at myself and loving myself. Now, the way that I can be in so many sucky relationships is because I love men. I'm a sucker for men. I have been. I just think they look good. They're yummy. They smell good. They have such an amazing energy. And I've been drawn to some of some really good ones, and I've been drawn to some really bad ones. But, I mean, hell, I own it. And I've written about a lot of it. And I've taken goodness from most of them. I've been able to pull some goodness from them. But finally, when I decided... No one was taking anything from me that I wasn't given when I put up some boundaries to protect myself. Guess what? A good guy came along and wanted to take care of me. Go freaking figure that shit. And I was, on, he, I was on his ass too. As soon as I met him, I was like, oh yeah, he finna pay some bills. I had it all set up, what I was about to do. He was like, nah, you gotta chill on that. Mm-mm. And uh, he wasn't with it. He didn't give me what I wanted. He didn't push me away either. He loved being with me. And he told me, he said, hey, I love you probably a few months into it because I had known him for years before. He said, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to take care of you. But you don't get to take advantage of me and you don't get to mistreat me. Ha! I was like, what? He said, you can't finesse the finesser. He could see all that shit. And he said he wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. <laughs> That's what I think when men get older in their 40s and 50s, they're kind of like, what level of crazy is this chick? And is it something I can do? Because, you know, we all have our crazy in us. You know, I mean, we do. So I'm not knocking that. But, you know, he was just like, he's like, I just want to make sure that you're not that you're not crazy. He's like, I want to take care of you. I'll always take care of you. And that was the first time somebody had said that to me. I've said that to people. I want to take care of you. I had said that to men. I want, but I mean, I shouldn't have even been saying that to a grown ass man. It's a grown ass man. I say that to my son. I will take care of him until he can take care of himself. But a grown man, I'm not, I mean, I do what I do as a woman, as being in a relationship but I shouldn't be trying to take care of them and as their parents, as their mom. And we do, do, women do do that a lot. We try to fill this maternal role with the man that we're with. And they shouldn't even receive that shit. They shouldn't. But a lot of them do because it's easy. And they don't have to ask for it. We just give it. But because I was saying that I love men because they're so powerful. And I give them that. I'm like, they men, are, I just think they're great. And I still now look at men and think how great they are. But once you realize how much power you hold, how much power I hold, and I just sit back and watch them, I realize that many of them don't know their greatness. They don't know how amazing they are. And they'll probably never see it because a lot of the growth has been hindered by people around them or they've been kind of um, handicapped maybe people around them and people doing stuff for them and not responding to their own masculine, uh, their male drive or instinctual response to 
to um, hunt, they haven't had that. So we, you know, they don't know that um, they're great. They haven't had anybody to show that to them and it hasn't been developed. So we have to be, <laughs> we have to be careful to make sure that while we're seeing so much greatness in a man, that he can see it in himself. And if he can't see it and you're trying to pull it out of him, you're probably going to waste a lot of your time. They have to know that there are steps that they can take to move forward. And you have to accept them as they are and where they are. And if they aren't presenting any dreams to do something different or desires to do something different, that's where they are and that's where they're going to be. And you have to let them stay there. It's not our response. It's not your responsibility as a woman because the more you're trying to pull them down a path that they're they're not aware of or that they don't want to travel, the more you're going to take away from you traveling down your own path and being your best self too. So, you know, it's really difficult. It's kind of keeping a balance. But men possess amazing, amazing gifts and amazing power, but it's not for you to identify it because as soon as you identify it or as soon as you get them to a particular place, guess what? They're going to realize, oh my gosh, I'm great. And I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. It opens them up to something outside of you because you've now put yourself in the maternal, in the maternal role for them and not in the wife or partner role. Now you become like their mother because you've been able to tell them what to do and they don't necessarily want to be with somebody to tell them what to do. Not that they benefited from it, of course. They benefited from you telling them and giving them guidance. But when it comes to them guiding someone, they can't do it with you because you've now taken on a new role with them to become in the, the mom. So it's a really interesting dynamic. But, you know, I love the men. And uh, I love my faceless love. He's my guy, hands down. As a matter of fact, that's right. Your mom to them then, as soon as you give them some guidance. And Shamir knows she's on that. That's the thought process. And um, I love my faceless love. And believe it or not, guess what? I swore. My mom even said something to me about this. I was like, I won't ever get married again. I'm good. I'm single. I'm having a great time. But I'll tell you what. If he proposed to me, I'll say yes. I'm married. And, that, and that's the thing. I'm not saying to him. I, 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 we've talked about it being married but if if he wants to marry me that's the key if he has chosen me for his wife i will marry him if he hasn't then i won't marry him i'm not gonna be pressed about it i'm just gonna keep it fucking moving like i not keep it moving that i won't see him anymore but that means i have a whole life ahead of me to live and it doesn't involve me being his wife right so i'm not gonna limit my movement if he doesn't and we stay in this position forever because I love him, I'm not going to do that. But I have to continue on my path. I have a desire to travel. I have a desire to see the world. And maybe that's what it's supposed to be. Maybe I can do both of them. I don't know. But I know that I'm not supposed to stand in place waiting for somebody to decide if they want to take me as their wife. I'm not, I know that I'm not supposed to do that. So um, that's sailed. That, I've been there, done that. Got a t-shirt and divorce decree. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that anymore. I know that I'm going to, um, I know that I have to move on my own path. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. And uh, he's a great guy. I love him to death. He does so much for me. Just such an amazing energy. And um, yeah, so, but I think when we think about, men and what they mean to us. I don't know how many people are on here that's single right now or that's in marriages or want to be married. But when we think about men, we have to think about men are men. We're not their mothers. We, we should not ever mother them. Never, ever, ever. So if you marry a man that's, if you're with a man and he doesn't clean up, you know before you marry him that he doesn't clean up. He's not going to all of a sudden start cleaning up. That's going to be a role that you take on cleaning up. But as far as you bitching and moaning and complaining about him not cleaning up, you signed up for that. You took that on when you married him, somebody that's not tidy. Now, there will be other people that are not tidy too, and they're okay with it. But if your complaint is that you don't clean up and you already knew it, you took that on yourself and you don't, you know, you don't even complain about that. You can't teach him how to clean up. 
you can do little things like change the location of the dirty clothes hamper. Maybe they'll put the stuff in there by accident. But if it's going to cause you frustration and grief and make you argue, then don't do it. If it's going to be something that's going to stress you out, don't do it. Especially if you don't have kids. So if you marry somebody, if you're tidy and you marry somebody that's not, and then you got kids, so now you're cleaning up after your husband and you're cleaning up after your kids, trust me, that's a bad fucking position to be in. And it pisses you off where you start getting angry. And if you're processing the anger, you're feeling that. That's on you. You can't be mad at him because he's nasty as fuck. He was nasty when you married him. So you have to let that go or not marry him. I mean, I hate that sounds crazy, but it gets like that. You know, if you marry somebody who um, doesn't know how to take care of their money, if they can't learn or if they have aren't, they don't have any intention of learning, guess what? That's always going to be a problem. That doesn't necessarily go away like, because you fuss at them about it. That's who they are. That's what they do. They've got to have an appreciation for the money. They've got to have an appreciation of their credit, how to spend it. That's just who they are. You're not going to fuss at them and make them start spending money better. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just, we have to accept people as they are. If you marry somebody that works uh, for the city and they drive the dump truck, guess what? They drive the dump, dump truck. They're not going to go do something different because you see something different in them. They've got to see it in themselves and want to do something different. We don't get to dictate that for people. You can... You can't control anyone. That's right. You cannot control anyone. You have to let people exist as they are. And they have to respect you and allow you to exist as you are as well. They're not going to tell. They might want to tell you what to do. I had a guy tell me one time, you just, you think you just all of that. You need somebody like me so I can break you down and build you back up the right way. I was like, nigga, please. You got the wrong one. I will chop you up into pieces and bury you in the backyard and then pour me some tequila wrong one so that's me so i you can't even talk sideways to me like that i don't play that shit don't even talk sideways to me don't even think about raising your voice at me or hand and now some people can deal with the arguing and somebody talking down to them and treat i can't do that you raise your voice at me i'm gonna be like yo we got a problem did you mean to talk to me that way is it intention Shit, you can't talk to me any kind of way. I don't do that. I, hey, I don't like your tone. I don't like that. I'm sorry. And I, well, I was just saying, well, hey, say that shit different. Put some smile in it. Put some love on it. But you can't talk to me any kind of way. Because I'm so aware of the way that I talk to people all the time that you don't get to talk bad to me. I don't care. You had a bad day at work. Whatever. I'm the closest, so that means I'm the easy target, but you don't get to talk to me any kind of way. I don't like it. It hurts my feelings. Well, it used to hurt my feelings. Now, I just be like, stop talking to me like that or stop talking to me. And that's the worst thing you can tell somebody that's trying to come at you is stop talking to me. I had a, let me tell you this funny story. I know it's almost time to go, but there's, I have a problem with men <laughs> because I was in such a yucky marriage and then my relationships after. I just... I, and I say that all the time and I work on it. So I have a problem with them, but I love them. Right. So it's definitely something that I work on. So we have a man, a man that works with us. He's a bully. He teaches math. Older black guy. He's probably, he's older than me, probably five or six years older than me. And he's like a bully. The way he talks to people on campus, the way he talks to the kids. I teach at an alternative school. So my kids are already bad and ready to fight. But I have middle school, so I'll tell my student, I try to get them calm if something's going on because I need them to perform in class. I need for them to be safe with me, and that's how I handle it. Well, one morning, this teacher was talking to one of the male students. He was in the seventh grade. The student's in the seventh grade, and he was fussing at him about something that happened yesterday. Well, I had him first period, so I told the male student, come on, come with me. Let's get to class. And he was like, the the teacher kept talking. Nang, 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 nang. So the male student turned around, you know, fuck you. I'm like, hey, I mean, so we talking seventh grade. I'm like, hey, come on, let's go to class. I put my hand on his back. I was walking him out of the 
at the um, cafeteria. So the male teacher said something else and the student turned around and I said, don't say anything, just keep walking. And he was like, I'm talking to you, to me. What? In front of, it, we were in the, all the students were in there. I'm talking to you. I turned around and looked at him. I said, well, stop fucking talking to me. And I turned around and walked out the cafeteria and my print, my assistant principal was standing right there. And she said, have a nice day. I said, well, thank you, you too. And I kept walking. Cause I'm like, don't fucking talk to me any kind of way. Cause you a bully. I don't take that. Like, and I mean, and we were in front of the kids, right? So that made me uncomfortable cause the kids don't ever see me lose my cool. Cause I, it's alternative and I would have to, you know, get one of them riled if i get riled up they gonna get riled up and so i just try to maintain that balance but i just had to tell you had to get him off of me and so we ended up having a meeting with our principal he was like well sometimes i don't know the, what i'm saying and you know how it sounds coming out and he's giving me this whole song and dance that he's giving and i'm looking at him like motherfucker you almost 60 years old and you're not aware of what you're saying and how you're saying it are you kidding and you want me to be what patient with you so that you can talk to me any kind of way because you don't want to own the fact that you're a bully i i didn't go off i was very polite in there and i was like well, you need to get some help with that because at this point, if we're asking our students to be aware of what their actions are, I'm sure the teachers should be aware of their actions by now, too. That's simple. Think about it. We go all day trying to get our kids to accept responsibility for their words and their actions. And now you got somebody almost 60 talking about they don't know what they're saying sometimes. Man, F you. Don't talk to me like that. So that's pretty much how the meeting ended. And I was like, mm -mm, don't talk to me like that. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't just say I, unless you're saying I apologize for speaking to you that way. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. That's the truth. I don't give men a pass on that kind of stuff because men are men and they're supposed to be in control of who they are. You don't get a pass on treating me like shit hitting me you don't get a pass on that control yourself i'ma control yourself myself you control you i'ma control me but no you don't get a pass so sorry i just had to share that because when we talk that's the one thing that i always say about men because they're so powerful and they can move a nation and women too because we're getting so many new things available to us and so many new opportunities we can too but we have men who aren't growing up we're holding them hostage treating them like babies trying to mother them trying to love them better than their mother because they'll have a mother my mama this and my mama this and my auntie this and why 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 and i didn't have a good relationship well you know what at some point we have to get past that because i'm sure we all had some bad relationships i did i did I, and i i hell i don't know if i turned out okay or not i'm still trying to turn out but we all had some bad relationships and none of us can go around all day whining about how bad our situation was growing up at some point we have to think "Woo, i'm glad i'm out of that shit. what can i do to make tomorrow better than yesterday that's it what can i do to make tomorrow better so it is almost 10 o'clock you guys have been with me for this awesome hour don't forget any of my shows you can download on uh, soundcloud please follow me on soundcloud trying to get me some followers soundcloud um spotify itunes and google play so all of those places you can download whatever you use and uh, you can share it with friends let them know that i have all this yummy information and i'll also remember i did that bedtime story last week um tact i did the bedtime story about when I had almost had the opportunity to get involved, well, when the character Joy, <laughs> not me, <laughs> when the 
when the character Joy almost had an opportunity to participate in the threesome, and did she or did she not? But that that'll be downloaded um, as well, so you can get that. And um, what else? I think that's about it. Oh, I'm giving away two tumblers tonight. If you're interested in getting a tumbler, send me the first two people that send me a um, instant message, either on Joy Exposed or Joycelyn Wells. Um, and your address will get you a tumbler. It takes about 10 days before they're ready. She puts a lot of time in them and we'll ask you what you want on them. So that's really cool. So I'm giving away two tumblers and um, I'll be in Gainesville on October 6th to do a reading. I think Stephanie sent me a message about it being homecoming. So I got to figure out if I'm going to go or not. I don't know if that'll be good, but I definitely want to. Um, and that's it. So thank you so much for joining me on Joy Exposed. I'm Joycelyn Wells. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. See you next week. Bye, y'all.